In the new section of the metro's yellow line between the Raimanki and Raskazovka stations to passengers on Thursday, the newly built part comprises seven stations Michurinsky Prospect, Azurne, Govorova, Sonsova, Borovska, Shatsinova, Piridilkina, and Raskazovka. Current Major Gesebenin is expected to take part in the opening ceremony. The emergency ministry says thunderstorms are expected in Moscow on Thursday along with gusty winds of up to 17 meters per second tomorrow evening. People are being advised to keep their windows shut and not to park vehicles near billboards and trees. Russian tennis player Maria Sharapova is into the second round of the US Open, which is the final Grand Slam of the season. That's after beating Petr Schneider of Switzerland in straight set 6-2-7-6. Next up for the world number 22 is Serana Sister of Romania. And finally, the euro has added 80 kopecks against the Russian currency, with the dollar adding 76. The official exchange rate for Thursday for a dollar is 68.15 rubles. One euro will cost 79.56. Rated 4 out of 10 on the capital's roads. Driving time to Udomadeva Airport from the city centre is around 80 minutes and under an hour to get back into central Moscow. Driving time to Vnukova Airport is around 50 minutes each way and you'll spend about 75 minutes on your way to and from Shremetiva Airport. 16 degrees Celsius in Dublin, 10 in La Paz, 28 in Beijing. Partly cloudy, occasional showers, and up to 26 degrees Celsius are expected in Moscow tomorrow. That's about 78 Fahrenheit. That's all from me this hour. Dmitry Shurgan, studio. Bye for now. Capital FM, Moscow. Good evening, listeners far and wide. We are hours away from knowing just who Lokomotiv, Siska, Spartak and Krasnodar will get in this year's European group stages. We're very, very excited here in studio. You can almost feel the tension. Okay, plus we have an amazing show coming up for you guys. Uh, I am Alan Moore. This is Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. Main on Europe's number one English language radio sports show coming live from the Enka Nabarajan Tower here in downtown Moscow. We have a veritable cornucopia. Yeah, very big word. Basically a Svetsky stole or a big, big Swedish table. A buff of sporting delicacies that will have you drooling like a hungry hound. I was going to use something else there, but I said I won't. Okay, first up, uh, a big shout out to some of our listeners before I introduce our guests here in the studio. Uh, since our last show, we got quite a number of, um, well, positive and very interesting me- messages uh, from our listeners. So Steve, uh, who is listening in England, thank you very much for, for one little bit of a, a hint about getting me a St. John on because the, uh, the reaction we got to her was absolutely terrific. Rahul, who listens to our podcast every week, he is in India. He says, I like, I listen each show, really like that boxer's words. Of course, that's Mia St. John. Just wish she spoke more with her. Well, of course, uh, we, you know, we, well, we tried, but of course, the line was not great. And also, it did get a bit emotional towards the end of it. Grant Tyler, who listens in Bakersfield, California, he says, I listen on iTunes when I go for a run on Saturdays. Always interesting. Last week, beat all. So I guess a Mia St. John fan, definitely not a fan of me or Big Andy here beside me. And Ilona Sidorova here in Moscow, she said, I listened from when you were at eight, always in the gym. 
I guess she, well, she doesn't live in the gym. I guess you would listen when she's on the treadmill or something. Uh, like your guests, and uh, great to learn different English accents. I guess she's mentioned your one, Andy, so not mine, because I don't have an accent. Right, and finally, Amir, also here in Moscow, said, uh, when, will, when do you have Dan Rohn again? Uh, liked him being fair, and he's BBC. So, of course, was Dan Rohn, the sport editor for BBC. A very, very nice guy and very good. I'll have to give a shout-out to Noah Diaz, uh, who's one of our regular listeners here in Moscow, and to Andrew Ruiz, who is recovering from, well, kind of an infected eardrum. Andrew, get well soon. We'll have you back in the studio quite soon. Right, so what is coming up? Very, very shortly, we will have Philip O'Connor, the Man Mountain, all the way from Stockholm, Sweden. He's going to give us his World Cup feedback because he was here covering for uh, uh, Reuters and also an All-Ireland Football Final prognosis. That's quite shortly. Then we'll have Angela Magana. Magana. Uh, she'll be live from Puerto Rico to talk about her views on MMA and also how Puerto Rico is kind of, well, it is quite forgotten about, uh, especially after Hurricane Maria. We'll also have Paul Little all the way from the Wicklow Mountains. He's going to chat. I'll go He's going to chat about how Liverpool's season has started well and what is happening with Jose Mourinho. Of course, we'll also have a little bit of a look at European football with him because there is, of course, action tonight. We'll come on to that a little bit later. Right, we're going to have a quick look at the US Open where Russians have been doing fairly okay so far and then we'll go to Philip. So, uh, of course, as Dimitri Shulga, he's already given the update on Maria Sharapova. Um, but I will, look, I'm going to do it. I'm going to introduce our studio crew. So right here to my right is, uh, with his bag of tricks and tips, Mr. Andy McLean. Lovely to be back. Thank you. And looking very tanned and refreshed after a good break from Capital Sports, Mr. Peter P. Thank you for having me. Okay, so let's get right down to it. Okay, in the men's draw, uh, before we went on air, it was Karen Kazanov. He was on third for a third round, he was on course, sorry, for a third round showdown with Mr. Raphael. Ask no questions about my muscles or I'll sue you, Nadal. Should he get past lucky loser Lorenzo Soniego from Italy? Daniel, Daniel Medvedev, he squares off uh, against 15 C's Stefanos. Tsitsipas of Greece. I did say that correctly. I did. I practiced that all Very afternoon. Impressive. I did. I practiced it. Uh, also in the second round, and former Russian Mikhail Kukushin, who is now, of course, he uh, is playing for Kazakhstan. He is up against 23rd seed uh, Chung Hyun of South Korea. You can have that uh, joke later on about uh, your left back or right back. Right. Over in the women's row. Ekaterina Mak- Makarova will have she's going to have her work cut out against Germany's night seed Julia Gorgeous uh, yeah that is Gorgeous is how you say her name uh, of course we've, said, we've already spoken with Maria Sharapova and the daughter of a former field hockey Olympic medalist do you know who that is Andy? whose mother she's a tennis player but she, her mother won an Olympic bronze medal for the Soviet Union in, in field hockey no? no idea Okay, that's Vera Zhonarova. She had to qualify for the uh, US Open and she's in against Belarusian Arina Sabalenka, the 26th seed. 11th seed and former guest of Capital Sports, Daria Kasatkina. She is due to play another Belarusian, uh, Alexander Sasnovich. We'll, we'll actually uh, come up with that. We'll check up on that a little bit later on. Right, now we're going to go all the way to Stockholm, Sweden, where Mr. Philip O'Connor is waiting for us. How are you doing, Philip? I'm Grant. Obrevice to you, Alan, and all your listeners there. Oh, listen, that you, you, you spent your time in Russia very, very well, not party with us here in Moscow. Oh, I'm fluent. I'm fluent now. <laughs> listen, I always find that the, the, the more tired I am, the more fluent I get. Yeah, exactly, yeah. The tired and emotional. <laughs> very much so. Listen, speaking, just before we go, speaking of tired and emotional, um, and you know yeah. what I'm referencing, there, you know, it's very, very, it's, it's something wonderful when you have a chance to interview your legend and be interviewed by your legend, and you doubled up on that because you had a brilliant, brilliant conversation uh, on, uh, oh God, I'm going to, the, the stand, isn't that correct? Yes, with Eamon Dunphy, yeah, with the Eamon. Irish broadcaster and... <laughs> 
general journalistic legend. Exactly. I mean, a man who basically yeah. has you know stood against the crowd is very very brave to do that. Uh, I know he's left RTE in a way, but you know what? Listen to his podcast, and especially when you were on, I learned, listeners, if you want to learn about Sweden, about politics, about society in Sweden, any students of English, any students of international relations, listen to uh, Philip and uh, Eamon being interviewed. We will we will tweet out and post up on Facebook this link because it is an absolute education. Right, Philip, how was it being interviewed by uh, Eamon? Uh, it was brilliant. I've known Eamon for a long time. And he asked me to go on the podcast to talk about the general election that's coming up here in Sweden on September 9th. And the great thing about Eamon is that he's a very intelligent guy, very well read, uh, very well informed on the subject and that kind of thing. And he also won't accept any nonsense. So anything you say, you have to sort of stick up for it, though, you know? But it was a brilliant conversation. I really enjoyed it. Uh, listen, you know, I, I wish it had gone on a bit longer. Listen, it was, it was, I think it was about half an hour. I think it was about 29 minutes or that. But honestly, no, I yeah. really I enjoyed every single minute of it. Um, and I'm planning to actually, I'm going to re-listen to it again, actually, uh, next week when I'm doing a bit of travel. Okay, listen, straight down to business. Um, before we talk about the, the World Cup, big match on Sunday. Is it going to be number 28 for Dublin? It has to be number 28 for Dublin. I don't think you'll find a bookmaker between here and Las Vegas to give you the decent odds on Dublin losing that game. They're the dominant force in Gaelic football at the moment. Oh, they're kind of like Spain were in soccer six, seven, eight years ago, you know, so it's going to be very difficult for anybody to knock them off that perch. I mean, uh, do you... Now, okay, we're both from Dublin, so it is kind of a bit unfair, but we do have to give a bit of background to Tyrone as well, because, you know, there was this kind of uh, the media ban by the manager of the um, Tyrone team, Mickey Hart. I mean, there's, there's yeah. pluses and minuses, there's a lot to be said for it, but it is a man, he, he had, his personality did change, because we have to say that um, on her honeymoon in Mauritius, his daughter was tragically murdered. Um, what, it was uh, in te uh, 10 years ago? No, 2000 and... 11, was it, that that, that happened? Yeah, a few years ago, right enough, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, so after that then, he, you know, he, he's reacted to criticism and, you know, has sort of been given like a free role. Do you think that uh, there's enough in this Tyrone team to put up a fight? Because they did come close to Dublin in the Super 8s, but, you know, ha have they had their day? Oh, I wouldn't say they've had their day, but it's basically they always have a puncher's chance. But uh, it's going to be very difficult for them. The only thing that is in their favour is that there's no expectation on them whatsoever. They can go down to Crow Park from Tyrone and just go out and enjoy themselves. If they lose, they lose. If they win, oh, that party will be an immense... I mean, um, just before Andy has a question, he's, he's going to ask a question, but, uh, but personally speaking, I was hoping that, her, that uh, Monaghan would come through. I mean, they lost by a point in the semi-final, uh, mainly because my uncle's from, or two of my uncles are from Monaghan and have a, and have a great attachment to the county, <laughs> you know. Um, and I thought that they were robbed many, many years ago against uh, Cork. Um, do you think that Monaghan would have, would have given uh, Dublin a bit of a tougher test? Oh, only if they're allowed to bring tanks and guns onto the field, you know. It's just so uh, difficult. It's such a huge <laughs> challenge right. to meet this Dublin team at this point in time. Just just before Andrew asks his question, to cite the boys up for this interview, I showed them the scene from Michael Collins um, of uh, Bloody Sunday 1920. So I think it was kind of unfortunate link there, Philip. But anyway, <laughs> Andy has a question for you. It has happened before. Yeah, we have known it to happen. So, okay, Andy, over to you. Hi, Philip. Um, as someone, Hi, and, and, and for our listeners, as someone who's not really been uh, an avid watcher or player of Gaelic football, I attempted a couple of years ago and my calf muscle, I think my calf muscles are still stinging now. 
Is it why, why? Why is it so popular? Why? Why does it sell out grounds over rugby and football? What? what what's the appeal? Uh, it's a, a very simple game to understand and to play and to love. It has a huge amount of drama. Things can change very, very quickly, and it just inspires this loyalty. Uh, you know, anybody can play the game. Hurling, the sport that we play with a small ball and a stick, that's really hard. But Gaelic football. Anybody can play that. So basically, you have that invested in you. You know, it's like, right, I can go and do this. I can watch these guys do it. And, and you know, I can understand it. How much so does it come down to you? gather around their television sets on, on Sunday. Is, 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 is that a big part of it, the fact that it's your affiliation to where you grew up? Oh, yeah, it's all about the parish. It's all about this because the players are amateurs as well. So they don't do it for money. They do this for the love of it. They do this for their families, for their friends, for the guys they work with. It's only for the pride. And that's a huge motivating factor. That's a lot of passion involved. Okay. Peter, Peter oh, yeah. has... Ask Alan. I played against him. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, he actually put me off so much that I conceded a goal to lose us a chance to go... Pro, pro, progress in the, in the tournament up in beautiful Stockholm which was brilliantly organised by Philip and his guys up in the Stockholm Thank you very much. Uh, Peter, Peter has a question across here for you yeah yeah I was wondering yeah, sure, Peter. yeah yeah I was wondering because like uh, correct me if I'm wrong Dublin it's, it's, it's their 27th they'll be going for 28th if, if they win like the, uh, the, the yeah, 28th, 28th win right title, yeah like is it is it good for the for the sport? I mean, they're completely dominating right now. Like, is is it really good for for, for them to win all the time? Yeah, was Michael Jordan good for basketball? You always need somebody to aim at. I mean, you I mean, need I mean, a guy or a team with a target on their back. No, but we have to. And like, okay, he, 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 he had a little. He had, you know, he was dominating for like quite a bit, quite a, quite a lot of time. But then he, then he took a break. He, he, <laughs> let, he let he let the he let everybody get on, get somewhere in his level, and then he came back and he started dominating again. Yeah, he basically let everybody beat him at baseball for a while there. Oh, but then, oh yeah. The thing about football is that it's, uh, it's it's cyclical, so. Nobody was uh, sort of uh, crying for the dubs when they were losing championships and when they didn't win for decades. So we'll take it for now. Alan and I will celebrate yeah. on Sunday again, and it's up to everybody else to catch up. Yeah, listen, I've, I've, I've put myself in some dangerous things. I'll be going to a, a pub owned and run by a Tyrone guy, so I, I'll be I'll be taking my life in my hands. But, oh, <laughs> I know. But listen, I, I, I agree with you, because when you talk about like dividing Dublin with like a million and plus people, there should be like two counties instead of one. Again, as Philip said, uh, nobody, nobody was crying when, uh, even for like when Manchester United were dominating the league, when they were crap back in the 80s, no one was crying for Manchester United, everyone was laughing, ha ha, they were bad. Then when they're winning, they're like, oh, they're too dominant. So, Philip, I agree with you. Philip, before, before we go, because we only got a couple of minutes before we go to the break, I want to ask you, how did you find the, the World Cup in Russia? How, how did you find the organisation? And how did you find sort of the, the atmosphere overall? It was absolutely brilliant, Alan. I was in Sochi and driving up and down the road to Galenchik where the Swedes and Iceland were, ba were based. The football was brilliant. The people were brilliant. Uh, it was just an amazing experience. But uh, we need to talk about how people drive on that road. It was nuts. Listen, up in Moscow, it's even worse. So <laughs> we, we understand it. Everyone here is laughing. And by the way, I want, to, I want to say congratulations as well to the Stockholm ladies team because you won the last round in the Scandinavian Championship. 
that's right in Yon Sheffing there on Saturday it was a great day of, of ladies football so for any of your listeners out there who haven't tried out this sport or haven't done it yet give it a go you'll love it on and off the pitch it's fantastic yeah and we actually just just uh, to follow up on that before we, we say goodbye to Phil uh, the Moscow Shamrocks are back in training out at Chikizo out at the uh, at the locomotive grounds starting on Sunday 10.30 till 12 o'clock so we're, we're out there training we're back, we're back in season Phil that's great to hear hopefully we'll see you on a pitch sometime very soon very very soon listen Philip thank you so so much have a great evening thank you once more you too thank you thank you okay that was Philip O'Connor who is literally a, a legend a man mountain as well and I said like when we played against each other he was great when he distracted me behind a goal and had a goal in that lost our team the game anyway uh, it wasn't to do with my height or my size just the, the I was busy laughing with him the ball flew in over my head right in honour of Let's say the Dublin and Tyrone teams, in honour of everyone who enjoys their sport, no matter what level they play, because as uh, Dimitri Sitchov told me last night, you know, it must be easier the more you win, especially like Dublin shouldn't be nervous. But I'm nervous. I'm nervous for Sunday. Sunday, 5.30 throw-in, as we call it, because they throw the ball in the air and jumps for it. That's 5.30 throw-in. Go to an Irish pub, listen to it online, watch online. It's going to be an absolute cracker. So, in honour of them, in honour of Philip, in honour of, of all people who just love their sport and listen to us as well, this is David Bowie and Heroes. We're back after the break. With Alan Moore.
guest. Hey, this is Becky Hayes. Listen to the BCM Radio Show every Friday on Capital FM Moscow 105.3. Every Friday at 1am on Capital FM Moscow. I like the way you do your... We speak English. We play a hit. Capital FM. With Alan Moore. Okay, welcome back, folks. This is Capital Sports. I'm Alan Moore, and still in the studio with me. They haven't run away just yet, uh, are Peter P. and Andy McLean. So, after that wonderful interview from, or with, I should say, uh, Philip O'Connor, we're just going to give you a quick update again on the tennis. So of course, Marie Sharpo, she won today, and also winning was Daniil Medvedev, who beat the, his Greek opponent, Stefanos. He beat him in four sets, 6 4, 6 3, 4 6, 6 3, and he's now playing Borna Courage, the 20th seed. Doesn't get any easier for Daniel, the uh, 20th seed from Croatia. Now, uh, before we go to our call with uh, Angela Magagna, uh, we're going to have a little look at the European football from last night. Of course, uh, the Conquerors, the Destroyers uh, of uh, Glasgow Celtic and his favorite, uh, famous club, uh, they went through. They went 3 2 uh, through on aggregate. They drew 1 1, of course, at home with uh, Vidi from a uh, former club formerly known as Vidi. Uh, from Hungary Dynamo Zagreb they were knocked out they had a great chance there and just like blew it against Young Boys of Bern uh, their first time in the Champions League group stages Dynamo Kiev they also blew their chance to do anything they lost uh, 3-1 of course uh, away to Ajax Amsterdam and they drew 0-0 couldn't get those two goals would have put them through and uh, also there was one um, Carabao or a couple of Carabao Cup games last night in England Swansea City they went down 1-0 to Crystal Palace uh, Bournemouth beat MK Dons 3-0 West Ham Got a decent win, 3-1 away to AFC Wimbledon. Blackburn Rovers won 4-1 against poor old the Imps, Lincoln City. Brentford won 1-0 against Cheltenham Town. Brighton, strangely, dropped one. Uh, 1-0 to uh, Southampton Burton beat Aston Villa nothing new there uh, Norwich City won away to Cardiff I will be speaking with them a little bit later and uh, will I go through the whole lot of them what do you reckon Andy there's a whole list of them. any decent ones I think there you've you listed to? the big ones other than Stoke maybe there Stoke beating Huddersfield exactly exactly so right Stoke beating Huddersfield and uh, I mean yeah because we have to say a little bit of a shout out I want to say thank you because last weekend uh, Nikki and I and Catch of course we were in at the uh, Lokomotiv uh, well the Erzade Arena watching Lokomotiv uh, and Angie and Ivan Kors thank you very much I know you're listening to Stephen thank you very much for making sure that we got in uh, nicely easily and very relaxed also to uh, Alexis Merton who is the uh, uh, media and communications director for Lokomotiv, who looked after uh, the Capital Sports crew very, very well. Right, now we're going to have a little look at the games on tonight in the UEFA Champions League. FC Salzburg, they they are tied on aggregate after a nil-nil first leg. Uh, Salzburg are playing Resar Belgrade. Pauk Salonika, they uh, drew the first game 1-1 away in Benfica, so that's advantage to them. Uh, that they both kick off at 10 o'clock and also the final game at 10 o'clock is PSV Eindhoven who won of course last week 3-2 away in Belarus against Bate Borisov so what do you reckon Andy tonight which of those um, you know just two tight games and one that PSV should win I think Salzburg have a pretty impeccable home record at European football and obviously in, in the Austrian league as well I fancy them to get a result against Red Star uh, Benfica I think had won their four Previous games against Pauk until that draw last time, so I think they might sneak an away win there. And PSV Eindhoven, I think, are nailed on against Batty, unfortunately, for the Belarusians. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, but, well, I mean, they'll drop into the Europa League, so there is some money coming in. Because a couple of years ago, when Dundalk knocked them out, they were in serious, serious trouble. Uh, there was a, a text in just uh, about that a story about uh, Michaela Hart, Michaela Hart, uh, who was killed in Mauritius, of course. So, as just to say again, her father is the coach of the Tyrone team. Uh, she was away on her honeymoon. She went back. Of all things, they were having dinner. She went back to get some biscuits from her room to bring down to have with her uh, tea, and. So, I mean, there's a lot of hurt behind that Tyrone team since their last win, but uh, let's, let's see what happens. Okay, we are going to go all the way to uh, Puerto Rico to have a very, very good chat with uh, a legend of um, MMA, mixed martial arts, of course, and someone who has done her countries very, very proud, Angela Magana. Am I saying that correct, Angela? Yes, thank you. Magania. Oh, that's lovely. Okay, I've been practicing all day. I've been trying to get all these names correct, Angela. <laughs> uh, Angela, listen, straight off, uh, you were recently uh, in a Japanese promotion, Rizin. Uh, unfortunately, you, you came unstuck in that, but you gave a, a good performance for yourself. Um, what, what are your plans, uh, future plans in MMA? What are you going to do next in your career? Well, um, honestly, a lot of my focus is going to be for getting on to the national team of Puerto Rico. I do want to get some fights in, but I don't really want to sign a contract. Ryzen was willing to give me a couple more fights in the contract, but I didn't really want to um, sign into anything that I knew I couldn't follow through on because um, uh, by making the when I make the Olympics or the national team in December, I might not be able to follow through with that. So I want to just kind of stay ready and um, in shape at any time because I'll be doing these practices every day at the, at the Olympic Training Center. And this, how, how you f- and, oh, yeah. and to find out, one yeah. of my coaches told me that Kanako or Kanako Morato, yeah. he beat the first gold medalist uh, in the weight in our weight class at 56 kilos uh, oh. from America, and that's really usually that doesn't happen. Um, the Japanese women really lead for the wrestling and the judo. So I was surprised to find out that she beat the girl who held the gold medal right now. Well, so I mean, so it is actually it, it is quite open because of course you are a straw weight, so you're you're at the weights uh, that actually I used to box at when I was boxing. I was like I started at forty eight kilos as a senior, so you're down at that weight. Um, what's the competition like um, at the at the lighter weights? Um. What do you mean? I mean, uh, where, where, apart from Japan, where would your main uh, competitors be coming from, uh, say, in the Olympics? Oh, um, well, see, I would compete, uh, a lot of times, I guess, Canada comes. We compete in the Central uh, Americano, so a lot of the South America. So it would be the, Pan, uh, the, the Central Americans and then the Pan Americans. So I actually don't complete, compete against the Americans to qualify for the U.S., Oh, okay. That's interesting. I would compete on the side of the world. I can compete against um, the, the, the Central American. Okay. Game. Okay. That 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 make that makes it uh, well not easier, but it makes it better for you because you'll get a, a makes a, it not a, as competitive. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, listen. I mean, you know, if I could have changed to uh, I don't know, like a different nationality to have a good chance at the Olympics, I would have done it a long, long time ago. But I just probably wasn't good enough. So uh, you are, you are. So listen, Angela, I wanted wanted to speak with you about something that you tweeted out before, and we discussed earlier on today on the phone, um, and that is about in MMA. Uh, let's just call it the scourge of doping. And you've been very vocal about this. How bad is it in, in the sport? Um, I, I believe it's, it's heavily relevant. 
um, even at, I mean, even at the high levels, it's very easy to get away with USADA with this testing. Uh, even avoid the test, number one. Number two, there's so many um, scientists out there in Russia, in Japan, in Brazil that are making uh, doping agents, steroids, that can't even be um, tested for. They, they, they can't even test for it. So they're so part of the game that it's worthless. Every, it- like, there's so many people still cheating. Is it, would you would you personally be tempted? To, would you personally be tempted to go no, that route? Huh? No, no, there's no way. Like for people who use steroids, like, the thing I don't understand is the ones who do it for vanity. The ones who do it for sport, I have more of an understanding because I try to create an edge for the for their sport. But the, and then the people who do it just for vanity, it's like you are risking your health for a look just to have a certain look. And, and I don't get that. And I'm not going to risk my health now to create some edge um, now and, and, have, and risk my health later. I'm not going to do it. I refuse. There's no way I will ever put that shit in my body. Okay. I mean, because you, you, know, you, you, you are not only a fighter with your mother as well. So, I mean, I understand that. You have to think of, like, what comes next. Um, you, you've, you've called out a number of people uh, who, who you suspect or who you feel might be involved. Um, Will there be something done to fight against it? Are USADA, are they taking steps to try and eradicate doping from, from just from MMA or UFC alone? I don't believe so. I mean, I, I hear so many political things. So like, the, USADA is a completely different entity than UFC. But I, I really feel like the UFC, as far as, like, I'm not sure that things have changed now, but in the past, I feel like they legitimately were trying to help out the situation in a whole. Maybe not when they were trying to get last minute fights or something, but in a whole, I think they were trying to edge that. But you thought it's such a different company than them even. So it's, it's just, there's so many things involved that it, it, I'm glad they're trying to make the attempt for it, but, and I like Jeff Novinsky, he's a really good guy that um, has helped me out a lot because of all the crap that I received because they were too afraid to come in to my house and flag me for having a bad, um, test. <laughs> like, I, I failed the test because they refused to get out of their car and come into my house. Are you serious? So they, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they flagged me twice. That's okay. So the lady they, was too afraid to get out of her car. Okay, that's that's interesting because I mean we we had uh, of course Serena Williams who was uh, refusing to go into her house to take a test and said she called uh, Travis Tigert and complained about having to take a test. So that's quite a di- like you know f- from your case is quite different from hers. Um, listen, I just wanted to 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 move on to something that again that you've been uh, quite vocal on and um, you know bring bring to public attention. Um, there's three and a half million people, if I'm correct, in Puerto Rico. Um, yet, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're, there's 21 or 22 U.S. states that have less people than Puerto Rico. And the U.S., uh, Puerto Rico is part of the U.S., yet most people in Puerto Rico cannot vote in American elections. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, no, we can't kind of vote. So, I mean, one thing that you yeah. mentioned was... With, We're with, affected by everything that happened. Exactly. How has the support been uh, after Hurricane Maria for, for the people and uh, nation of Puerto Rico? I, I cannot speak for anybody else, but I live in Old San Juan. If you ever see a picture 
of San Juan, you see this like round tower that's built into a, a fort wall, like a castle wall. That's on the that's on the license plates of every car. It's what they show to advertise the beauty of Puerto Rico. And that's where I live. And I live in a neighborhood called La Perla. It's in old San Juan, Puerto Rico. And we've had zero help. Okay, there was, people are still homeless that lost their homes. People still and listen, there were there was a figure announced uh yesterday about the dead from that hurricane. Is it accurate? There's no way that it's accurate because I know there's people who died that have not even been counted, but they haven't even been around. They haven't even been here to clean up to help clean anything up. How are they gonna come talk about any deaths? How, how's they've done nothing. They have not come. They said they were going to come back and help, and they have not come back. So they've not come to get any death counts. They haven't done it in, in the middle of the mountain. In the middle of the mountain, nothing. And I mean, you know, how difficult is life in Puerto Rico right now? For myself, I have electricity. I have a house, but for many of the people in my neighborhood, they are homeless. Um, I have a, a lady, I haven't got to see her since I got back from Japan. She just had a baby, her baby, a week ago. And she lives in a house with no electricity, no running water. Um, and she just had gave birth. And she tried to ask for help from the government, and they literally won't help her unless she's claiming she's homeless. And she told them that, and they went and asked the bums on the, on the, on the street, like the homeless people in the street, and they didn't substantiate that she was living on the street with them, so they refused to help her. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This, uh, okay. Um, I mean, we, obviously, we're going to to a very, very wide audience, and this will be going up in a podcast as well. Um, and hopefully, fingers I crossed. I will be going live. I'm going to be talking to her and trying to interview her so that we can let the people know. She's gone to the governor. She's gone to the mayor. She's gone everywhere for help, and she just had her baby. Well, listen, we will retweet it. You send it to me. In, in an abandoned house. We'll retweet it for sure. Listen, Angela. Angela, listen, before we let you go, um, one, one question, because there's one here in Russia, a lot of people are talking about the uh, uh, Conor McGregor and Habib fight. Um, and people here in Russia like Conor McGregor, of course, because he came to the World Cup final and was there with uh, Mr. Putin. Um, what do you recommend this fight? Who has the better chance in, uh, for your point of view? Who is better? Between, who, who do you think is going to win between Conor and Khabib? Yeah. I I think that that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I kind of I thought about that yesterday and the day before. Um, of course, everybody wants to honor. I lose, I believe. Uh, but I Khabib has. I, I didn't wasn't too sure about him, but he did actually show up, and he's shown that he he he's all about the hype that was around him. So I would say that. Connor is the king of the setup, of setting up the knockout, and and, and that's really what helps. And that's, that's kind of like what his success comes from, I believe, is he's the king of the setup. And Khabib is the king of octagon control. So that's going to play a big part in that. And is it a, a final question. Determine the outcome of that. A final question, just uh, Andy here beside me wants to ask a question. Um, is From your experience, experience, is Connor popular among the other fighters in, in UFC and in MMA? Um, my circle's kind of small, like, I know a lot of, okay, so the people who fight and stuff, it's hard for us to, to disrespect another fighter unless they're like, 
I don't know. I know a lot of them just see through it. You know what I mean? They see through it and they, they see the, the the value in what he's done in the sport and what he's doing. I'm not really too sure the mood of people since the bus mm-hmm. accident because of the way I think about it and the, and the people around me think about it. But um, like, like people want to run and scream, oh, Angela Magana. Um She's a horrible person for calling the cops on cyborg after getting assaulted in medical bills. Um, she's a horrible person, but the same MMA fans want to say, through uh, that little leprechaun Connor and Rose and all those guys should sue him. Well, I mean... It, so as a, they, it, they, I'm they, not sure it's a new move now. Exactly. Look, I mean, you know, from what happened with you at Cyborg, I mean, she rightly deserves to be uh, not just slapped on the wrist, but she should, should uh, you know, have to pay back for what, what, what she did. Listen, uh, Angela, thank you so, so much. We're going to follow your career, um, and will you join us again soon? Uh, yes, and thank you for the platform. Thank you for letting me talk about Puerto Rico. You're very, very welcome. And you send us that uh, interview. We'll tweet it out. Thank you so much, Angela. Thank you. Okay, so that was Angela McGannion. Of course, uh, former USC fighter and now going for the Olympics, which of course will be in Tokyo in a couple of years' time. Right, we are going to go to the break with uh, something that kind of fits the moment, fits the mood here in the studio. This is Tina Turner and Simply the Best back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Mental Stand-Up with Steve Foreman. Ah, here we go. You know, I don't think I have a lot of people that hate me, but I think I have a long list of people who moderately dislike me. You can really taste the Soviet Union in a larder. You know, there's like a... Well, you can smell petrol. That's the main thing. That's the main thing you notice, to be honest. And actually, the, the larder doesn't start just by turning the key. You also have to sort of go... There's like, there's like an element of that. Like, you know. Oh, British people. We gave you a language. Oh, British people. God's sake, I wish you'd use it. Every Thursday at 9pm, Capital Stand Up with Steve Foreman on Capital FM Moscow. Are you serious? You got a date right. Capital Commercial. Жилой комплекс Альфа Центавра. Старт продаж корпуса Дельта собственным детским садом. 8495-120-0777. Развитая инфраструктура. Вид на парк Дубки. Успей купить квартиру своей мечты. 8495-120-0777. Проектная декларация на сайте acentauri.ru With Alan Moore. Okay, folks, it's that time of the show again where, you know what that song is, it is the football march and we're going to talk about Russian football, we'll also talk about English football and very, very shortly we will have the wonderful Paul Little on the line all the way from the mountains of Wicklow. Right, last week's game, of course, there were a, a, no no real upsets but a, a couple of quite good ones that uh, we kind of did predict in a way. So, uh, Arsenal Tula on Friday, they lost 1-0 at home to Rostov, Oral beat Ahmad 2-1, Rubin held Siska 1-1. One in Kazan, Spartak Moscow. They they conceded one of the best goals you'll see in Europe this past weekend. Uh, uh, a, a chip from his own half of the field by a Dinamo player. They lost. Uh, Dinamo lost two one. So uh, uh, Nikita Osakin's fears were not you know really that founded. They didn't get destroyed, but they still they lost by a single goal. Aurenburg they drew one one with Krasnodar. Ufa they lost two 0 at home to Zenit. Lokomotiv. Cut it a bit close. They won 2 0 against Sanji after an absolutely terrible first half. Nikki, we were there, we were presenting at the stadium, and I mean, that first half nearly put us to Yes, yes, that was. I'm sorry to say that was boring. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely terrible. I mean, Katja was there as well. We, we literally didn't know what to do. But in the second half, they lit up. And they, they sped things up. Exactly. They won 2-1. Um, how, did, how did you find the atmosphere? Because there was fi- over 15,000 people at that game. So another big bump for Russian crowds. How did you find it? Uh, I felt sad for Angie because they had quite a few people present. But the Lokomotiv fans, they were there. Like, literally, they were chanting and uh, having fun and supporting their team. So maybe that plays a big role also because the the audience helps the audience. That was well, a weird. The way audience, to say. the crowd, the crowd, <laughs> the, the crowd. fans. That's true. And of course, the man who you said has beautiful lips, Mr. Fyodor Smolov, he scored his first goal for Lokomotiv. <laughs> Why do you do this every week to me? What I didn't. You did say that. Am I telling I a lie? Okay, yes, Listen, yes. She I said did. that Fyodor Smolov has kissable lips. Or beautiful, I don't know. Maybe I, I said, said full lips, yes. Full lips, okay. I think I said kissable lips, but okay. You said full <laughs> lips and his tattoos. So he did score a goal. Um, it was a well-taken goal. Uh, Krzysztof, the uh, Polish player as well, he scored as well. So well done to Eric Stoffel's house for getting those boys in. <laughs> we will have next week Eric Stoffel's house, the sport director of Lopetit Moscow. He'll be with us here next week live in the studio. Right. Uh, Andy, how did our tips do this past weekend in Russia? We were literally minutes away from getting all three in. 
I know. So I mean, had, uh, I said local. Sorry, we two. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we had um, we had Ruben both teams to score, which is one each. That could have been a hatful more goals there. There were lots of chances. Uh, Igor Akinfeev earned his his his, uh, his pennies, kopecks for the weekend, and his contract extension as well. James yeah. Ellingsworth has just proved that he's he's now going to be uh, he's a contract extended until twenty twenty two at yep. Cisco. Deservedly so, I think. Yep. But he's been dropped from the Russian team. Deservedly so. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I've been called that for a long, long time. But anyway, I, I, I want them just to concentrate on this club, the club game. So, okay, so we we lost out on our bets, our bets. So we did. We were very close. We had Arsenal, both teams to score, win, finish three one, and then yeah. So if you'd have done it individually, you'd have been you'd have been nicely up. But all three of them unfortunately didn't quite come in for we the treble very, this very week. Close. Very very close. Okay, Peter, you have the rundown for the Russian Premier League this weekend. Far away. Yeah, uh, the latest round of RPL kicks off on Friday night. We have uh, Rostov hosting Rubin. That's at 7.30. Uh, on Saturday, two Moscow clubs are in action. Uh, as CSK welcomes Ural at y- Yekaterinburg uh, to the VEB Arena. That's at 4.30. Tickets are available at the ground uh, for, from 400 rubles. Uh, later on, Lokomotiv is hoping to improve their last visit to Krosnodar. Uh, I believe they lost 2-0 to zero in May. And of course, they have the the man who scored against them that day, Fyodor Smolov, in their lineup. <laughs> Lokomotiv will be <laughs> Lokomotiv will uh, look to to make uh, to make it three wins and and the bounce. Uh, kickoff is at 7 p.m. Uh, then on Sunday at 4:30 in Himki, Dynamo will try to get three points against Orienburg. It's a big game uh, for both the teams, but I think the most eyes will be on the biggest match this weekend. That's uh, Zenit versus Sportak. Uh, at the Gazprom Arena that starts at 7pm. Apparently, it's already sell- sold out. And also, for that game, just to, to, to add in there for what Peter's saying, so the game against Dino, there are tickets available for that. Uh, they're starting at 200 rubles apiece. And that should be a good day out in the sun as well. Two fairly decent teams looking to, to attack as well as we, we looked at them last week. Is that it? That's it for our weekend? Or is there a game on Monday as well? Yeah, there's there's a game on Monday. It's I think it's uh, Ahmad is playing Ufa at Grozny. Okay, so that's going to be interesting. Okay, Andy, who are you looking at for uh, this weekend's games in Russia? Well, I'm going to avoid the big one this weekend because I think Zenit and Spartak are a little bit unpredictable. Um, so I'm looking at three games this weekend in Russia. I'm looking at under 2.5 goals uh, for Krylia Sovietov, who are playing Angie. Both have been a little bit underwhelming in front of goal. I think there's only been one or two goals tops bar one game for Krylia so far. Will it be a 2-0 or a 1-1? Yeah, looking okay. for anything under 2.5 there. And then uh, I fancy Arsenal Tula with a double chance away at newly promoted Yenisei. So that's an Arsenal Tula draw or win. And then I think Krasnodar might have the edge over Locomotive. That's the value bet over even money. Okay, that's an interesting one. Uh, okay, we're going to have a look now at the English Premier League, of course, which uh, had a few surprises last weekend. Uh, so, uh, last Saturday, of course, we had uh, a 1-1 draw between Wolves and Man City. So, Man City just a little bit wobbled on that one. Arsenal, as we did say, that you, know, that you said that they would uh, beat West Ham the, and did well, and they won 3-1. Everton drew 2-2 with uh, Bournemouth. Huddersfield drew 0-0 with Cardiff. Southampton lost 2-1 at home to Leicester City. Well done, Leicester. And Liverpool continuing their bit of success. We'll speak with Paul very, very shortly about that. They won 1-0 at home to Brighton. The other main talking point was a 2-1 uh, away win for Chelsea up in Newcastle, of course. And the big one on Monday evening, which was just absolutely terrible and um, had uh, Jose Mourinho walking out of his uh, press conference in front of 74,400 fans 
Man United lost 3-0. Okay, uh, what's coming up? Uh, I'm going to speak with Mourinho actually very, very shortly with Paul as well. So, uh, Peter, what's coming up this weekend in the English Premier League? So, the English Premier League is already giving us some strange moments. Uh, at this Saturday, we have, some, uh, we have a real game to watch as uh, Le- Leicester City uh, is going against free-flowing Liverpool. Uh, the game is at 2.30. Uh, then Chelsea and Bournemouth fo- follows at 5 p.m. at the same time as West Ham and Wolves. Uh, at 7.30 on Saturday, Manchester City uh, have Newcastle United over for dinner. And this could, this could, this could well define the city season. Uh, Newcastle fans are trying to get rid of their owners, so another loss could speed, speed this up. Uh, su- Sunday, while Allen is watching Gaelic football, uh-huh. uh, Arsenal is away at Cardiff City at 3.30. Manchester United, Uni- United have a, a Lancaster Derby with Burnley in Burnley. This could be Jose's last match if they continue underperforming. And title hopefuls Spurs are away at Watford. Watford, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know how to, <laughs> how to pronounce that. You're thinking of getting football again, so it's yeah, Watford, yeah. 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 Uh, Watford. Uh, to have a London Derby. Okay, so those two games, the United game and Spurs game, both kick off at 6 o'clock. Andy, who are you looking at this weekend for a bit of value? I think it's about time West Ham got their season up and running this uh, this year. You've got to hand it to Wolves, quite literally, for their result against Manchester City. I Very do believe so. it was a, a nice little handball from Bolly as he went to head it in. Um, but I think away from home, they've slightly struggled. I think West Ham looked dangerous in spells, and Felipe Anderson and Arnatovic is a mouth-watering prospect once they, once they start to gel. So West Ham at home, 6-4, to four, and they also like... Uh, Liverpool minus one goal versus Leicester. Okay, so that's your bets. Uh, Andy was going to tweet him out a little bit later on his own Twitter account. We'll retweet, of course, with Kaplan and myself. So we are now going live all the way to the Man Mountain up in the Wicklow Mountains, Mr. Paul Little. How are you doing, Paul? I'm good, Alan. How are you? Great. Listen, I, I was afraid that you'd have either frozen up there or boiled up over there while you're waiting to come on with us. Oh, well, I think we're kind of somewhere in between now. Uh, autumn has finally hit, I think. Uh, pleasant. But, uh, but uh, a little bit cooler, should say. So listen, is everything bought, all the school uniforms, books, copy books, everything's ready to go back to school? Uh, the kids are all back in today. So, oh. uh, yeah, it's been a hectic couple of days. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm on lunch duty. Um, oh. So uh, I was glad to have it off over the summer. So so it's a big uh, uh, kind of intellectual test for me to figure out how to get all the stuff into the boxes. Yeah, I mean... I mean Cold uh, Domino's uh, pizza is the way forward, is it not? Yeah, McDonald's. McDonald's, yeah, McDonald's, or basically, or basically, just, 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 I don't know, just give them a, a, a selection box early, you know, um, a selection yeah. box, a box of chocolates. So, listen, Paul, uh, straight into it. Um, Liverpool, great start to the season so far, looking good. They're going to be, uh, you know, picked in 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 the Champions League uh, group stages tomorrow. How is it going so far for you guys? What do you reckon, especially with this weekend coming up against Leicester? Well, obviously, they've started extremely well. Nine points from nine, uh, says it all. Probably struggled a little bit against the in the second half of the weekend and might have been lucky to get away with the three points in the end. Uh, but the three points are three points. So, yeah, I think they're looking strong. Leicester could test them this weekend, though. It's not an easy place to go, and Puel has a, has a good record against Liverpool as a manager. Uh, but I, I think they haven't really been tested, perhaps, overall, and that's why it's difficult at this stage to kind of get too excited. I mean, with Liverpool, I mean, it is time now for Klopp to produce. And, 
you know, he, of course, with the Champions League final, which we've discussed before, I mean, that was that was a terrible letdown. And I mean, I, I still believe they're robbed by uh, Real. But, um, you know, do they have a chance to win the league this year? Especially seeing Man City, as good as they are, not all that confident in themselves. Yeah, I think this is a massive season for Liverpool. They've invested, um, you know, hugely in the last couple of seasons. And, you know, bringing in Becker this season, bringing in Van Dijk last season has really made a big difference in the back. Uh, and I think also midfield, they've strengthened Fabinho and Keita. Uh, Shakiri was a clever signing, I think, up front just to help out. So it's this season, uh, you know, maybe or never in a way, I think really, uh, really massive opportunity. And to say, City have been impressive, but maybe first time they were tested at the weekend and they struggled a little. And so, so you know, it's, it's a big outlay, but Liverpool also with the Champions League, they're going to have, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of work on, shall we say, this season. Uh, um, but I think, you know, they've got players, the squad is, is deep. Uh, you think about people like Fabinho, not necessarily getting a start. Henderson's not starting. How well players have come in and slotted in. Uh, you know, I think this, uh, they have the squad now perhaps to go deep in, in both competitions. Okay, um, well, I mean, wishing Liverpool well for the season because, I mean, it is, it, it's about time that they actually do something and kind of break that uh, stranglehold us up at the top of the table. Um, uh, okay, we wanted to talk about, as well about Mourinho. Uh, things are not looking that great for him at the moment at Man United, uh, but are they as black as, say, we've been painting here today, we've been saying, okay, this could be his last game and so on and so forth, but uh, is it as bad as it, as it looks from the outside? It looks pretty bad, actually. <laughs> certainly a 3-0 home defeat against Spurs there you know hot on the heels of a defeat at Brighton uh, and two you know I actually thought they played quite well against Spurs for the game um, but what really struck me about it uh, is how Mourinho obviously tried to play slightly more expansively and I think that goes against what he knows uh, and I think that shows it, it reminded me of when Gerard Hulley was Liverpool manager and when he went for a big push to win the title and tried to play expansive football, he, he wasn't able to maintain the kind of compactness needed in his team. And there were holes would appear all over the pitch. And that was the same for Mourinho now. And I, and I just wonder whether it's, he's just not suited to that kind of football and the football the United fans demand. Uh, and so I think that he, people are saying the game has passed him by somewhat and has moved on. But it's only three years since he won the title with Chelsea. So I think maybe it's just not the right club. It might be more the problem for what he can do. Okay, that is a good point because a lot of people said that you know he was almost past his best when he was with Inter. Um, as in, that was when he really had things clicking. Does he have leaders in that Man United team that will actually help uh, lift the dressing room and drive the team forward? I think that's an issue, isn't it? It's difficult to see who in that team is going to stand up. Um, you'd expect a lot more from Pogba, as everybody talked about. Fred is a fine player, but needs to get in. I, I, I think it, it's at centre half is where he's most worried, uh, and he's been chopping and changing, even going back to balling and Jones for the for the game, uh, and things didn't work. Uh, I think he's looking to like Vidic. He needs more from Sanchez. These are players that should be leading the team, and and perhaps as the, as the season goes on, those players will will, will do so. 
Okay. Listen, Bob, we're going to have to let you go. We want to talk to you a little bit more, but we're just running out of time right now. Thank you so, so much. Uh, fingers crossed Liverpool will keep that push on, and I know you'll be back on with us uh, very, very soon again. All right, guys. See you now. Thanks, Paul. Okay, that was Paul Little, of course, from the uh, Irish Daily Star. We are now, uh, Nikki is showing me one finger, um, an index finger. And it's not the middle finger, so. I, well, I is- didn't even say. <laughs> Nick, my God, what can you do? We all thought it was the ring finger from over here. Yeah, she was like proposing to me or something. Oh, chance to be a fine thing. Right. Right, we are going to go out into the good night. Um, uh, Peter, thank you very much for our updates and also like uh, basically rubbishing Philip O'Connor and his Michael Jordan. uh, Well, he actually then got you back with baseball. So thank you very much, uh, Peter. Yet again, thank you for having me. Okay. Andy, uh, fingers crossed those bets come through. Fingers crossed for Celtic on Sunday as well. You're talking about Dublin and all the, the Gaelic football. Uh-huh. It is, of course, the uh, the Derby in Scotland as well. Oh, right. Whereabouts? Paradise or yeah. the other side? Oh, not the dark side, on the light side. Okay. Yeah, not Mordor. Well, I mean, will Dembele stay? That's a good question. We've got a, a nervy 48 hours with uh, Marcelo Diaz potentially going back to Real Madrid on that clause and Leon with a striker shortage. Okay, so fingers crossed that Celtic will keep that together and at least uh, make it competitive with Rangers this year in the league. Okay, uh, Nikki Stay, thank you very, very much for getting those brilliant phone calls in. A lot of work for you tonight. Thank you, Alan. Okay, and thank you again for, for uh, Sunday. So, folks, we will say good night. This will be on SoundCloud and iTunes very, very soon, uh, this whole show. Thank you very much. Thank you to our guests as well. Thank you to our listeners. And uh, we will see you next week. So remember, that game throws in at 5.30 on Sunday, that Tyrone and Dublin game. So I'm wearing my Dublin shirt right now. Fingers crossed it'll do it. We're we're going to go out. We're going to go out with a very, very good song to make us all sort of dance off into this dark Moscow night. This is Imagine Dragons and... On top of the world. Talk to you next week. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.